His reign of terror inspired one of the greatest fictional monsters of all times, but the true story behind the man is far worse than anything our imaginations can fathom. Ooh. Let's get chilled and thrilled. Boy, what a fun week we've had. And by fun, I mean <laughs> exhausting and yeah. long and crazy and sleepless and all those crazy things. Well, we good. Uh, yeah, yeah, relative. Uh, relatively, we're, we're okay. We're doing good. I got my cup of coffee going for, it's my third cup of the day, so... Okay. Got to be jazzed and pumped for this podcast. Later on, she'll be like, I don't know why I can't fall asleep. No, honestly, my insomnia is so bad. It doesn't matter if I have a shot of espresso. It rarely does anything. There's definitely been times where it's it's worse that night. And later, earlier in the day, I was like, anyway, it's not about coffee. It's not about coffee. It's about getting chilled and thrilled, which y'all are listening to Chilled and Thrilled, the podcast. Thank you. Where we discuss crazy, macabre stories ranging from true crime, paranormal, get some history lessons mixed in with that because history is pretty uh, messed up, <laughs> and aliens, UFOs, urban legends. We're just going to talk about anything that piques our fancy and that. Would you stop giving? I don't know why I, I'm, I'm tired. Don't give me that face. Peaks are fancy. I mix are- up. Hey. Lots of different sayings. So what I don't know what the How's real your saying fancy is. feeling today? My fancy's very nice, thank you. Here's your one chance, fancy. Don't let me down. Isn't that also a euphemism for a, a woman's uh private parts? Not that I've ever heard. Your fancy? It's oh. a Reber McIntyre song. <laughs> so if I Does hear that, that then I'm just gonna think now now it is a euphemism. So <laughs> the line how's of your the fancy? song goes, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. <laughs> so God, if it is what, I, what woman on this planet doesn't identify with that okay i mean <laughs> for real oh well so let's let's talk a little bit about what's been going on this week my mom just had knee surgery which is a major surgery a lot of mm-hmm. y'all might be saying duh but you really don't realize how much you are limited when you have that. I mean, I've had some pretty major surgeries too, but I could still walk. Yeah. And this is just touching everything. We have two, she lives with us. Uh, we have two stories here. So she's made it up and down the stairs a few times, which I'm amazed at. Uh, but yeah. she's recouping right now, but we've pretty much had to do everything to try to help her just. A simple thing like getting your legs from on the bed to down on the floor. Or getting in the car to go to the the follow-up appointment. Absolutely. So she's being a trooper. She is. I wish she would let us help her more, but yeah. But uh, she's got a long road ahead of recovery, but she's she's doing great already. She does. So that's been kind of crazy. There's been what two hurricanes in the Gulf right now, tearing it up. Hurricane Laura hit two days ago now. I read the governor of Louisiana say that, that uh, 
It's the worst storm to ever hit the state, or the strongest storm, excuse me, to ever hit the state. And that's including Katrina. He didn't make any exceptions. That's was the wow. Point. And Katrina was awful. So, of course, there, you know that was for different reasons because of the the levees breaking. So there was more flooding there, but uh, a lot of flooding for the ten people as of yesterday who had died in Louisiana from the hurricane. Five of those were from carbon monoxide poisoning from running their generators. Oh, wow. In the house, I guess. Oh, my gosh. I guess, yeah, if there's a huge storm, you can't really have it outside. It's going to blow away. Oh, gosh, that's that's horrific. Yeah. That's that's an awful— I don't know how how would you get around that, but— No. Note to self, if we ever need to run a generator, find a way to put it in an isolated room or— Something to Something. where it's not going to, the gosh. exhaust isn't going to be Silent killer, they call it. Yep. Well, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who's been affected, either For directly sure. or have friends and family in that area. Texas, Louisiana, even worse hit some of the Central America, Caribbean areas that were. You said Puerto Rico as well. I believe so, yeah. Just our thoughts and prayers go out to all of you and all the first responders and. Be safe. Yeah, be safe. Check in with us. Let us know that you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of updates real quick with the podcast. We are working on getting some merch in the works hey. and also looking at having some contests to give away mm-hmm. some fun things. So stay tuned for that. And also we're working on a new website. So everything's in the works right now. This is only episode seven. So by episode, I don't know, 12. We're hoping to have (laughs) more stuff, 12-ish. We don't know. Didn't you set up a new Facebook group too? I did. I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. Jeez. Rather be ahead instead of behind. Hello. Hello. Yes, as Daniel mentioned, we have a Facebook group that is now live and you're free to join. It's called Children Thrilled Podcast Group. And we post lots of funny, macabre memes in there, talk about serial killers and the paranormal and just anything we really want to. If you like macabre things and like laughing, then this is the group for you. So find us and join today. That's probably going to be one of the best ways, that and Instagram, to be in constant contact with us, which we love to hear from y'all. So join the discussion today. And um, today, this episode is really special because I want to say a special shout out to Brady for giving us our first listener story suggestion. All right. This episode is dedicated to you, girl. Uh, We both went to high school together. She was two years um, ahead of me, but her brother was in my same grade and I knew him pretty well. All right. She's a super awesome person, has always been very nice, very friendly, and she has been a listener since day one and a supporter of this podcast. Thank so, you. Brady, this one is for you. Um, and we love getting listener suggestions for stories. So, if you have one that you want us to cover, please feel free to send us an email at childandthrilledpodcast at gmail.com or you can send it via our Facebook page, Children Thrilled Podcast which is different than the group, but they are linked. So any way you can get a hold of us, let us know. We want <laughs> to tell stories. Everything's linked to everything. So. Yeah. So you ready for the story? I'm ready. All let's right. Go. Let's do this. 
our story today is of Vlad the Impaler. Ooh. Have you ever heard Vlad. of that name? I've heard it. In fact, I, I remember that you had told me about this suggestion a while back that you wanted one of us to, to cover it, and I didn't start researching that one in particular. I didn't know which one of us was going to take it, so I'm, I'm happy you did. I was just one of those things that I was like, yes, I'm interested in that. Um, and but, but I was doing other things, so didn't get around to this one. I'm glad you did. Well, you might know him by another name. Oh, really? He is the OG Dracula. Oh. So Dracula, the one was, we know and love today. Seems more Count Vlad than Count Dracula, huh? Not exactly. He wasn't a count, but uh, he is known throughout history as Vlad the Impaler, okay. Vlad the Third. He is a Romanian prince, and I'm going to get into this one um, in more detail, obviously. But I did want to mention, when I was doing research on this, I do a lot of Google searches. And you know how Google will have the suggestions? Mm-hmm. And they'll have most common uh, terms searched or questions searched. And right. one of the top one was, what was Vlad the Impaler known for? <laughs> and I was like, hmm. Impaling? It's a little on the nose, but I'm going to go with impaling people or something. Because mm-hmm. he is Vlad the Impaler. But I just thought that was really funny and I had to note that. So thank you. Was he a vampire? Well, you'll just have to find out. No, tell me now. No. I'm also really excited about this one because there is a large historical um, aspect to this story. I love history. I love learning about things that have happened, real true stories that later come out. You know, they become legend. They're so old and that mm-hmm. becomes myth. And then it gets turned into the creature that we know as Dracula. But it all started with this real person. Podcasts are amazing because you can listen to your favorite shows like Chilled and Thrilled anywhere and on the go. You might even have thought about starting your own podcast. That's exactly what we did. But starting out can be intimidating and overwhelming. Thankfully, Buzzsprout is here to make your dream a reality. Buzzsprout has already helped over 100,000 people start their own podcast, and they can do the same for you. They know the podcast business inside and out and give you everything you need to host, promote, and track your podcast. What we love most about Buzzsprout is their commitment to helping podcasters at every level. When we started out, we didn't know what to do or how to do it. That was, of course, until we found Buzzsprout's YouTube channel. They have answers and tutorials for all your questions and tons of information on equipment and how to get started. You'll get a great-looking website with a customizable audio player for your episodes that can also be added to other websites. Buzzsprout will also help you get listed in all the top podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and so many more to help you reach new listeners. Want to monetize your podcast? Of course you do. Buzzsprout has the tools you need to find sponsors and affiliate programs so you can start getting paid to do what you love. Right now, our listeners will get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid membership with Buzzsprout. Follow the link in our show notes to claim this offer today. This lets Buzzsprout know we sent you and helps show support for our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start podcasting. So I have a quick question for you before we start. What's your favorite vampire movie? What's the one where 
the vampire, if he goes in the sun, he doesn't die, but he's all sparkly. Twilight? <laughs> Just kidding, not that one. Either it's either going to have to be Dead and Loving It with Leslie Nielsen. Dracula Dead and Loving It? Yes. Or the, um, the one with Leslie Nielsen. No, that, wow, I'm tired too. Leslie Nielsen, what's the other one? Maybe I'm thinking of the Fearless Vampire Killers. Which is a very good one too. That's one you showed me. So too. that's one, those are your favorites? Yeah, I guess so. I was thinking, I think I was getting another one mixed up, but let's go with Dead and Loving It with, with Leslie Nielsen. It's Dracula, Dead and Loving yeah, It. Yeah, but you said it's a Dracula movie, so that would be sort of redundant. I said your favorite vampire movie. Oh. Pay attention. <sighs> yes, Dracula, comma, Dead and Loving It. My favorite, uh, you already named, well, I, I love so many of them. I was brought up on monster movies. In mm-hmm. fact, we just showed our kids who are eight and five, um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which of course has all the universal old monsters. There's the Frankenstein monster. There's Bella Lugosi as Dracula. And there's the Wolf, um, the Man. wolf Man and even the Invisible Man right at the end. But... That's that's just the kind of stuff that I grew up. If there was a vampire movie or a monster movie, mm-hmm. you can bet my dad would either take us to the theater to go watch it, or we were going to Blockbuster to rent it. So some notable ones that I loved. I really liked Dracula 2000. I don't because know if I saw that one. I've, I believe I've shown you that okay. one. didn't make an impression as much as like Blade. Well, Blade, of course, obviously Blade. But Dracula 2000, they used the twist that um, he was really Judas Iscariot, which, oh. and so like the reason silver was effective on him was because of the silver that he, you know, was given by the Pharisees. And I don't know, it was a unique look at Dracula and why he hated God because he was really Judas. And- oh, yes. That's the one where they end up like in, in uh, New Orleans or yes. something. Yes. Yeah, okay. that one. Okay. Was he played by the same guy that did... Um, Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gerard Butler. He was a very mm-hmm. good actor. But I like lots of them. I love Blade. Love the Fearless Vampire Killers. It's very funny. Um, I might get some crap for this, but I never really liked Lost Boys. Like, that's a big, major vampire one, but I don't know. I it saw just, it when I was a kid, and... I, it was over my head, I think, when I saw it. Yeah, maybe I need to go back and watch it again, but I just remember when I watched it, my dad was all about it, and I was like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. I'd rather go watch something else. Yeah. So, just wanted to know. What just about Interview kind of with the Vampire? Uh, it was okay. I was never a big Brad Pitt fan. I, I don't know. It was that more serious vampire stuff, unless, like, I liked the action stuff, mm-hmm. like Blade. Oh, yeah. All about Blade, because Wesley Snipes, I mean, he's yeah, a badass. For sure. All right, well, moving on. So picture it. Southeastern Europe, 1400s. This is the later part of the Middle Ages, and a young Romanian prince has known nothing but war and constant change in Wallachia, where our story takes place. But more on that in just a bit. First, I want to give you all a little bit of a background and a history lesson. Oh, boy. Are you ready, class? Ready. Yes, Mrs. Butcher. <laughs> so the Middle Age, uh, the Middle Ages, I'm sorry, 
describes the era of Europe from the 5th century to the 15th century. Some notable things that happened during this time are the fall of the Roman Empire and the rise of the Catholic Church as the new major power. Lots of kings and queens fighting over power. Mm -hmm. The rise and spread of Islam from the East. The Crusades, or holy wars, between basically the Catholics and the Muslims. And the Black Death, also known as the Bubonic Plague, which kills 25 million people and is known as the deadliest plague in human history. That's the one that was spread by the infected fleas on the rats. Oh, not the rats themselves. It's the rat fleas. Uh Uh-huh. And I've actually heard a couple different times that the Bubonic Plague is coming back in 2020. So, yay! Hmm. Yay, 2020! Can't get any worse. Don't ever say that. So, of course, this is a great time to be alive, right? Wrong. It's total bullshit. It was a very scary and barbaric time to be alive. The ongoing theme was that religion has all the power and control, and they want to conquer other people, convert them to their religion, or destroy them. Mm -hmm. Just one or the other. Convert or die. And no one can believe what they want to believe, and they just want to all live in peace, but you can't do that. Yeah. There's no, you do your thing over there and we'll do thing our thing over here. It's, we're going to attack you and convert you. And then in response to that, the other side is going to go and, and try to stop that. And then it just never ends. Exactly. So our story takes place in what is present day Romania. But at the time of uh, this story, Romania is divided up into three principalities, which are basically like a sovereign state that's ruled by a monarchy. Okay. That was Wallachia, Transylvania, and Moldovia. Vlad III, which is Vlad the Impaler, was born sometime between 1428 and 1431 in Transylvania. He was the second-born son of Vlad II, who spent many years trying to become the ruler of Wallachia. As a younger man, Vlad II was initiated into the Order of the Dragon which was a monarchy chivalry order, which is kind of like a royal family knighthood. Okay. And this has its roots in the Crusades, which means that the members are required to defend the cross and fight enemies of Christianity, namely the Ottoman Empire or the Turks. Vlad II became Vlad II Dracul, which means dragon. Okay. Okay. Historians, what? Said, I see where that's going. Go ahead. Historians also do not know who Vlad's biological mother was. It might have been the queen or it might have been uh, Vlad II's mistress. But either way, he was considered to be a prince, even though his father was an illegitimate son. But he still was fighting for uh, to get the rule of the place. Okay. So there are two other sons born. There is Marcia, which is the oldest son and the heir and Radu, who is the youngest. Wasn't that the name of the bear in that brave movie? That's well, that was Mordu. Mordu, yeah. My bad. So um, early in his life, the family does move to Wallachia. So okay. a lot of people right now, there's already this uh, difference between like Transylvania and Wallachia. Mm-hmm. People think Dracula is all Transylvania. Well, he was born there. Vlad was, but... Only was there shortly, and they moved to Wallachia. They probably find the, the easiest 
path to reigning is what I'm thinking. Like if they're struggling to try to get control or get power. Yeah. You maybe they be, saw an opportunity there. Right. During this point in history, the region is in constant conflict. Basically, Wallachia is right in the middle, smack dab between these two warring countries. The Kingdom of Hungary to the north, which are the Christians, and Turkey to the south, which is the Ottoman Empire or the Muslims. Because we're the Ottomans, and you're not. Ah! Ernest P. World, ladies and gentlemen. The Romanian principalities at this time were, quote-unquote, allowed to, quote-unquote, rule by the monarchies, but they were always pawns. So it makes it look like, oh, this person's the ruler of this country. No, they were either being controlled by Turkey or by Hungary, depending on who won the battle at that time. Because they're geographically right in the middle of both of this. So as there's that push and pull back and forth. Exactly. Whoever's pulling the strings of the puppet monarch in each of those three provinces might depend on who was doing better lately. Exactly. In the fighting. And this is understandably frustrating because these principalities just wanted to live in peace and have their own independence. But because they're right in the middle of these two, they're always affected by their warring. Mm. So I wanted to stop real quick and do a recap because there's going to be a lot of times when I'm saying uh, variations of Ottomans or Turks or interchanging terms. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. The Hungarian Empire, that's the Christians, the Catholics, the uh, Kingdom of Hungary, that's in the north. Okay. The Ottoman Empire is Turkey, that's in the south, or the Turks, those are the Muslims. They are fighting over land and expansion of their religions. They're at war with each other. Wallachia is right in the middle of these geographically and in the battles and is being controlled by whoever wins at that point in time. Got it. Now, there are several Vlad names. Mm-hmm. So to make it easier, I'm going to refer to each uh, in each the following ways, to each the following ways. Vlad II Dracul will be known as Daddy Vlad. <laughs> Vladdy. No, Daddy Vlad. Daddy Vladdy. Okay. Daddy Vlad. Vlad III will be known as Vlad for now. But that name's going to change later in the story. Okay. In 1436, after his brother, the current ruler, dies, Vladdy... Look what you made me do. I'm sorry, Daddy Vlad. Go ahead, Daddy Vlad. God damn it. In, 14... in 1436, <laughs> after his brother died, which he was the current ruler at the time, Daddy Vlad seizes Wallachia and becomes the ruler. And pretty much right away, there are issues. The Ottomans want to invade Wallachia. Am I saying that wrong again? You're using like an S sound Wallachia. Wallachia. Damn it. So he seizes Wallachia, and pretty much right away, there's issues. The Ottomans want to invade Wallachia, and the Hungarians are also closing in. So Daddy Vlad decides to turn to the Turks, Ottomans, for help. In 1442, the Ottomans call this meeting to talk to Daddy Vlad about the situation. And he's thinking, okay, I'm going to bring my two youngest sons with me, Vlad and Radu, so they can start learning about diplomacy. You know, this will be a a nice field trip to get them ready for ruling. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this is all a trap. 
and they are all arrested and held hostage by the sultan. Just rude. After talking, the sultan agrees to help Daddy Vlad and and help him by taking back the throne and lend him a small army to do so. As payment, however, he must leave Vlad and Radu with the Turks as political prisoners. Daddy Vlad would also be required to pay yearly tributes to the sultan to show his loyalty. So it's a pretty crappy deal. But Daddy Vlad's like, cool, done. Later, sons. Bye. Mm. And he leaves and goes back to rule. Radu and Vlad are like, uh, hello? Yeah. As you can imagine, this doesn't sit too well with Vlad, and he doesn't adjust much. He doesn't adjust well at all. Radu, who's the more passive one, does accept his situation and kind of adjust to the new surroundings. Now, not too much is known about their time as prisoners, but what we do know is that they were given lessons in science, philosophy, and the art of war. So yay, positive stuff. But there's also speculation that there was probably some torture involved, and especially with Vlad, I mean... He doesn't want to be there. He's being held as a prince, uh, prisoner. He's mm-hmm. a prince, but he's being held by the enemy. And daddy just left so he can go be ruler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get some science lessons. Yeah, well, screw you guys. Mm-hmm. He's pretty resentful. So as a prisoner, I'm pretty sure he got beaten. Yeah. I mean. Wouldn't be too far of a stretch. I would be surprised if he didn't get beaten, even if he was the most cooperative person ever. That's true. At that point in time. That's true. I mean, because in my mind already, I have him thinking, all right, dad's taken over Lachia, and I'm going to succeed, and I'm going to be ruling this place. So for him to go from next in line to the throne of Wallachia, maybe not understanding that that throne is, is a puppet of those two other empires. Well, he's or, not next in line. He's the second born. But I'm just thinking in his mind, like he he had his eyes on the throne somehow. That's just my sure. guess. And as and a prince. And he goes into this other place. He had some sense of entitlement anyway. Sure. As a and, prince, I'm sure he had nice things. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he's a political prisoner. So Daddy Vlad is ruler again and returns to Wallachia. Mm-hmm. Wallachia? Crap. I'm it sorry. just depends it's if you're saying it all you know, Romanian. It's going to come out different ways. Y'all know what I mean. Back to their country. But he's still a pawn ruler. Now, he's under control of the Turks, but the Ottomans are starting to spread more and more into Europe. So a lot of these Christian European powers join forces to stop the spread of Islam. So more, more fighting. It's all ramping up again. Now, remember, Daddy Vlad decided to side... I'm sorry, at this point, Daddy Vlad decides to side with the Christians because, remember, he's part of the Order of the Dragon, and part of his oath is to defend the cross and protect Christianity, especially Mm -hmm. against those Turks, which he just made a deal with so he could be king. But, you know, there's a lot of flip-flop in here. So he joins with the Hungarians and fights fights against them, And they have some victories, but ultimately the Turks are way stronger. So they go into Wallachia where things got real bad real quick. Now, there was a coup planned and executed by the Boyars, 
to kill the Wallachian ruler and his heir. Boyers are rich noblemen of the time. They're like the aristocracy. Okay. Okay. They capture and kill um, Vlad, Daddy Vlad. Okay. And the oldest son, Marcia. The way they do this is they blind Marcia with a red hot poker. Yikes. Stab him into his eyes and then bury him alive. Oh, jeez. Daddy Vlad has his head chopped off. Well, I'd rather be Daddy Vlad in that situation. Why did the son get it worse? I have Daddy Vlad gets the easy way out. Hashtag Middle Ages life sucks. That's why. The it's I'm I'm just guessing it's the, just barbaric. The the, the the oldest prince there must have been snot nosed to these that didn't show in the boyers a proper respect or whatever. Because that was personal. To, to blind him and bury him alive, that was personal. That's not just, hey, politically sorry, we need to be ruling now. That was, you know what, we've been wanting to do this for a long time and you're going to suffer. This time it's personal. Yeah, but with the dad, they're like, eh, it'll be quick. Just cut off the head. Yeah, you I wonder about that thing. too. Why, why such torment to the son Whereas mm-hmm. for the king, maybe the king, there's some some kind of respect, so they give him, like, a quick death. I don't know. Yeah, You're, We're going to kill you, but we'll do it this way. We're not going to make you suffer. The king did the worst thing here by getting involved and started taking sides. Because before they would at least, like, stay somewhat neutral. Well, Or had an illusion of neutrality, at least. But then he starts taking side with the Turks. And he's like, oh, that's not working out so good. I'm going to take sides with the Hungarians. And then it's just more fighting and more death. It's whoever's in charge at the time and whoever's serving their interests, and they just have to play over along. This is a portrait of Daddy Vlad. Oh. Okay. Okay. It looks that like mustache. It looks like a fourth grader drew it. Sorry. I wish does. I could draw that good when I was in fourth grade. Honey, that's about what you draw. <laughs> that's so sad. I wish I could draw that well right now. All right, Give me, me a coloring page. I could stay within the lines, but to draw something <laughs> from scratch, I don't think so. I can make an okay stick figure for a 42-year-old. but. <laughs> so at this point, Vlad and Radu are freed shortly after their dad and their brother's deaths, which is surprising because they thought, well, why didn't the sultan kill him and his brother? But Especially since the dad betrayed the sultan. Mm-hmm. But the sultan's smart. He decides he's going to keep them alive and safe because he wants to be able to put Vlad on the throne mm-hmm. when the time is right to serve his purposes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yep. after Daddy Vlad's death, the Hungarians put Vladislav, oh gosh, Vladislav II, which is a distant cousin of Vlad, on the throne. And this, what are you going to say? So Vlad isn't actually short for something, not Vladimir or anything that we know of. Vlad. It's just, just Vlad. Okay, so this Vlad. is now we have Vladislav II. Yes, that's the distant cousin of Vlad, who's now been put on the throne by the Hungarians. When the Hungarians put this uh, guy, this Vladislav II, on the throne, the Sultan, the Ottoman Sultan's like, "Hey, now is the time to put Vlad on the throne." So the time has come. The time has come. So the Sultan gives. Vlad, a small army on which to march upon Wallachia and take the throne. This is all while knowing that Vladislav is away fighting. Again, they're always fighting, but Mm -hmm. he's away from 
Walekia right now, and he's like, okay, go ahead and go in there with this little army and take it over. Okay. So when uh, this happens, Vlad takes on the name Vlad Dracula, which means son of the dragon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also in some translations, Dracula means devil. And I may be butchering that name, but I'm trying Sounds my cool. best. I'm making it sound as sexy as possible in my southern accent. <laughs> Dracula, y'all. Yeah. So I'm still going to refer to him for the most part as Vlad, just to keep things simple. Mm-hmm. Now, backed by the Turk army, Vlad takes the throne of Wallachia. Where do you take it? Oh, my God. but uh, but it's only for a very short time. There's more fight fighting happening. So that Turk army that had his back is like, yo, we got to go back home. So mm-hmm. later, and this leaves Vlad on the throne without any kind of protection. Nice. And you're not going to be able to hold your throne if you don't have an army behind you. Uh-huh. So guess who gets back into town? Vladislav. He sure does. And that leaves Vlad having to force, he's forced to give up his throne and then go into exile. And he seeks sanctuary with the Turks again. Mm-hmm. Now, he's pretty super mad about this. He just lost the throne he had for only a short while. And now he has to go back to the Turks, who he hates because they had him as a prisoner, but mm-hmm. they're the only ones who are going to take him right now. The only goal he has is getting his throne back. That's more important than anything. So he decides to lay low for a while and wait for the perfect opportunity to take back that throne. And this is another portrait of Vlad right there. I love this portrait. I'm going to upload this on social. Who's that supposed to be behind him? I don't know, but... When I saw this, he looks like someone going like, you know, no photographs, please. <laughs> and this is a painting, not a picture. So he's just like, like he looks really bored. And he's really like, slow you guys, paparazzi like, yeah, slow paparazzi, uh, no photos, no comment. <laughs> exactly. Maybe he's just like, ha. Ah. Uh, he looks really bored and just over it. You'd look bored, too, if you had to sit still for hours while somebody painted you. While holding up your hand here. Mm-hmm. Hold still. Let me get that. So more fighting is happening between the Turks and the Hungarians. It never ends. After many years, the Hungarians decide that, you know what? They're not really happy with Vladislav on the throne. So they decide to reach out to Vlad and see if he would like to be the ruler again. They offer to help him regain power and the throne, but only if he swears loyalty to the Hungarians. He'll swear whatever as long as they help him get back on the throne. So Vlad's like, this is my chance. Um, Yeah, sure, I'll swear loyalty to you if you get me back on the throne. He fully knows that he's going to betray them. Mm -hmm. But he'll say, whatever, sure, you won't get me on that throne? Hell yeah, let's do it. Must be a nice throne. Yep. So um, he'll do anything to get back on that throne, and his sole goal in life is to rule Wallachia and make it independent from the Turks and the Hungarians. So what is what happens? Vlad goes back to Wallachia, and this time he's backed by a Hungarian army. And he challenges Vladislav to a duel. I challenge you to a duel. I have no idea why he's French all of a sudden, <laughs> but that is my best impersonation did he of that. Did him in the face with his gloves? I bet he did. So Vla- 
Vladislav was once a strong man, but he was old at this point and he was weak. Vlad, on the other hand, was a strong young man who was hell-bent on revenge. So during this duel, he's just playing and toying with uh, Vladislav. He's cutting him in different places, just enough to make him weak, but not kill him. But Vladislav wouldn't surrender. You know, he's got his pride. Mm -hmm. But after he just goes on and tortures him for a while, he's like, okay, I've had enough of this. And he cuts his head off. So now Vlad is on the throne for the second time. And he's like, hey, let's get this evil party started up in here. Is that a direct quote? Yes. (laughs) There are uprisings happening all over the country. And, uh, you know, who should be on the throne? Who's a better leader? We should do this, that. And Vlad's like, yo, I'm going to show these motherfuckers who's boss. Also a direct quote. The strange thing is that, you know, I mean, you come to power for the second time and all of a sudden you have all these enemies. It's like weird, right? Mm, no. No, it's not really. Weird at all, no. So the next people in line to the throne were the boyers. So Vlad uh. decided they had to go. They had also been the ones who had killed his family. So he was ready to take him down. Mm -hmm. But Vlad does this in a really interesting way. He decides to hold a big banquet and invite all the boyars to it. Now, he knows they're going to want to challenge his rule and challenge his claim to the throne. So he uses this banquet as a ruse for a much more sinister plot. And things got dark real quick. His guests were all slaughtered and impaled on spikes for everyone to see. Ooh, anybody has thoughts of challenging me, this is what's going to happen to you. Yes. Now, this was just the first of many gruesome acts of revenge that Vlad would go on to commit. It's also said that he dipped his bread into the blood of his victims and ate it, and that he dined on them as well. So you can kind of see where Mm -hmm. the lore of the vampire kind of Gets into yeah. Instead into of I, I want to suck your blood, it's I want to sop your blood. Sop your blood. I'm going to sop it bread. up with this piece of bread. Yes. Now there were many different forms of torture and death that he used on his enemies, but the most popular and favorite way was something that he learned from the Turks when mm. he was imprisoned, ah. impaling. Now, I want to do a trigger warning real quick because this next part is very graphic. So if that's something you don't want to hear, please skip ahead about a minute or so to not hear this. So here we go. You've been warned. Impaling. What does that entail? They would take a wooden or metal spike, sometimes with a sharp point and sometimes with a dull point. Oh, boy. They would grease it up and lay it flat on the ground. They would have the prisoner sit upon the point, either through the anus or through the vagina, and then they would tie ropes along the legs of the victim to get them situated on the spike. This is while they're on the ground. So I've got a little, I've got a nice illustration for you. Can you see that? Okay. So you see him, there's the stick or the spike, and they're holding his legs. Well, that's a very, much larger than I imagined. That's like... A four by four in this picture. Yes, and it's probably about 20 foot long, these these impaling spikes. Okay. So they pull them onto the, 
spike either through the butt or the vagina. So they basically rip this person in half. Oh, no, no, no. We're not done. Okay. Once it's up in there, whichever orifice they go into, both the victim and the spike would be lifted vertical. So the weight of the body and gravity would do the actual impaling. Now, remember how I said that sometimes it would have a dull point and sometimes it would have a sharp point? Uh As an extra way to torture someone, they would use a rounded end so as to not go through any internal organs, which would keep you alive longer and make you suffer more. The bodies would still be twitching and impaled while they were being impaled. The spike would eventually come up through either the mouth, the neck, the throat, or the chest area. This, as you can understand is a, or guess, is a very painful and slow way to die. It could take hours and sometimes days before death would actually occur. Jeez. Vlad took extra delight in forcing the boyars who had killed his family to watch their own families being impaled before they too would make the same fate. Dang. Yeah. Great time I honestly, to live. I, I pictured like a spear or something about that size. But from the picture, it's like the size of maybe the... The telephone pole. The, well, I mean, the, the width of like a oh. four by four. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't start. It's whittled at the end it's to obviously smaller. go up okay, in there. So that, so that well, they don't slide all the way down? Well, yeah. It's kind of... Otherwise, they just end up back on the ground again. Yeah, they've got to have some kind of... I picture like the heads cut off and the heads up on a stake, like you've you know, seen those before. But this is not a, a stake. This is a, yeah, like she said, it's a, like a telephone pole. pole. Yeah. And the picture doesn't show up being really narrowed, I guess, because that part's already in the inside the person in that, Ugh, yeah. in that illustration. Yeah. But, oh, that's gruesome. Some other forms of torture. We're still on torture, so if you skipped ahead and you landed here, just keep skipping a few more. Yeah, more times. than a minute. We're going to be on more the torture than a minute. For Sorry, a while. guys. So some other forms of torture that were used um, was he would nail the turbans of the emissaries um, that would come from the Ottoman, from the Turks. He would nail their turbans to their head because he, whenever they were in his court. He ordered them to take off their turbans to show respect for him. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we can't. That's part of our religion. It's part of our belief. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, if you refuse to do that, I'm going to nail them to your head. And he did. Uh, Some other things were, now this one's going to be hard. He would roast children and then feed them to the mothers. What? He would cut off the breast of women and then force their husbands to eat them. Victims would also be skinned, boiled, decapitated, blinded, strangled, hanged, bones broken, hacked, stabbed, and buried alive, just to name a few. He did all of these things, but his favorite was the impaling. So I guess we're talking about the babies and the women and stuff. These are the families of the people who had opposed him or families of the people who had, who had killed his family. Mm-hmm. So Vlad's just over here living his best life, cutting out anybody who wants to stand in his way. Mm-hmm. And ironically, he is known as a people's monarch. He championed for the poor and the less fortunate. 
He opened schools and hospitals and helped Wallachia as a whole. Oh, Wallachia, sorry. Wallachia. As a whole. Wallachia. God. Like a Wallachia. Oh, isn't that beautiful to listen to? Not really. Uh, he was loved by the country for the people who supported him, for the people that mm-hmm. he helped. And he just wanted them to be free from the Turks and the Hungarians and just have peace within this country, within his kingdom. Once he once he killed, hold on, once he killed everybody who stood in his way, that is. Exactly. Then he wanted peace for everybody and happiness. A lot of awful things have been done in the name of the greater good. The greater good, yes. Mm -hmm. So even though he hated both the Hungarians and the Ottoman Turks, he was still having to pay a yearly tribute to the Sultan which this pissed off the Hungarians with whom he had sworn allegiance to because they got him back on the throne. Mm-hmm. And after a while, he was like, I don't want to pay the Sultan. So he stops doing that, which you guessed it, pissed off the Sultan well, and the Ottomans. I don't want to pay no taxes like. Yeah, like ever. Like ever. Say if I want to buy some, for instance, gum. I could show this card that says I saved the world. I ain't got no pay. I got it. Well, you do it. I ain't gonna pay no taxes on this gum. On no gum. Yes. <laughs> it's from the movie Pixels, in case you haven't seen it. Good so movie, good. Adam Sandler. So good. Brittany, what's worse than going out in the heat of summer to go shopping? Dental work. Absolutely. But I was thinking mask drama. Oh, well, that's really bad, too. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Someone doesn't follow the store rules. The poor employee stuck with enforcing the rule, then Mega Karen emerges. Pretty soon, they're sitting on the floor, throwing a fit, and the police have to sort the whole thing out. You've seen the videos. It's nuts. Crazy. Well, wouldn't it just be better to skip all that mass drama to begin with and just have everything you need delivered right to your home? Uh, yeah. Of course. Well, did you know that you can do that with Instacart? Their personal shoppers deliver products you love from your local stores in as little as one hour. They highlight current deals to save you money, and you can even choose items from multiple stores on the same order. Instacart has made our shopping so incredibly easy and convenient, there's almost no reason to go out to the actual store anymore. Take away the burden of having to go shopping and let Instacart do it for you. You can use the link in our show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you, and that also helps show support for our show. Right now, our listeners will get free delivery on your first order of $35 or more. So pause this episode. Right now. Follow the link and forget all that mask drama. Try Try Instacart Instacart today. today. So um, what he does in retaliation towards the Ottomans is he has a lot of these border raids on their strongholds. He wants to weaken them. He wants to steal back and plunder from them because they've been paying them the whole time. He's like, screw this. We're going to get some of this stuff back. Okay. He knew that doing these things would spark the Ottomans to rally and march upon them. He knew this, and he expected it, and they did. So an Ottoman army, 150,000 men strong, marches towards Wallachia. Vlad knows he cannot fight them man to man. So what he does instead is lure them in with a big surprise in mind. He fights what's known as a retreating battle, meaning he is slowly pulling back to draw his enemy in, making them think they're winning. Mm. 
while he does this, while he's retreating, he poisons wells, he floods the marshlands, evacuates towns and the livestock and destroys important bridges, kind of like the slash and burn, everything mm-hmm. must go. He also sent the sick and the disease-ridden people of his kingdom into the Turk lines so that they would infect people and, and kill sick. them. Wow. Yes. That's really scorched earth right there. If yeah. Been scorched earth. That's the that's the word I was I said scorching Yes. Early biological warfare. Exactly. Uh Vlad himself also snuck into the Turks camp disguised as a Turk officer and he tried to kill the sultan but instead he didn't get him and he just got some upper up uh higher up people. Mm-hmm. Now as the Turk army closes in, they soon come upon an unimaginable sight. In a field outside of town, there are 20,000 rotting corpses, all impaled on spikes. Blech. Take that in for just a minute. 20,000. 20,000. Okay. And there's a kind of an illustration of what that might look at, like just row upon row okay. upon row of these really tall, like 20-foot spikes with corpses just... Okay. My first question is, who counted? I don't know. Like, did they use like the estimation? Like, okay, there's five rows, and it looks like these rows go on for about uh, 4,000 each. Okay, there must be 20,000. Or Well, I'm guessing at some point that had to come down. So, uh, mm-hmm. The next thing is like they had to have been, A, planning this for a really long time to have all of those impaling poles prepared. Like they had to have been cutting down trees for a while and getting those things ready. Mm-hmm. Now, were these all soldiers that had been defeated at the front of the line, or who were these people? Is my next question. They were the very young to the very old, and everyone in between. Okay, of what Wakandian we don't citizens? No, I believe they were Wakandian citizens. They might have been some people that they captured as well, but he was doing it to send them a message, Mm -hmm. a very strong message to leave his country alone. And it worked. The men, when they came upon this, the Turks, were filled with horror, and the sultan ordered that the army retreat. So his plan actually worked. I mean, honestly, do you want to go toe-to-toe with a maniac like that? I, I sure don't. So the news of his methods of killing was very widespread during this time. Imagine. And many paintings, like some of the ones I was showing you, were Mm -hmm. depicting what had happened. Now, oddly enough, his actions were actually accepted and even praised by Christian-run Europe. He's just keeping Wallachia safe from those Ottomans. You know, I mean, he's a great crusader for Christianity and even Pope Pius II was like, hey, nice job, man. You sure saved my ass. <laughs> I don't know why the Pope That's sounds pope like a stoner. Voice. But, you know, he's just like, hey, way yeah. to go, man. Peace when be you with you. you put all those people up on the trees, dude. You just I saved mean, us. God says thank you. As long as it's <laughs> the people that we don't like. You ever heard the expression, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? Yes. That's all that is right there. They didn't like the the Turks because of everything that's going on. And so if it meant the Turks are defeated, then they're going to 
they're going to support it. Mm-hmm. Until it happens to them, I'm guessing. Mm. Now, you remember the younger brother? Uh, you remember the other brother, Radu? I promise there's no alcohol in this coffee. <laughs> Radu. Yes, I do. Yes, Radu. Well, he had converted to Islam years ago when he was in captivity mm-hmm, yeah. and eventually sided with the Ottomans throughout most of these conflicts. And he started to turn public support against his brother Vlad, and he wanted to take over instead. Now, Radu was kinder and offered forgiveness and moving forward together as opposed to his brother just saying, we're going to kill everybody who disagrees. Mm-hmm. So Vlad had protected his brother when they were in captivity, but now he saw this action as a big betrayal. At any rate, he's like, no, I'm not cool with this. And what happened from there? Yeah, he's like, my brother's kind of gone off the deep end here, and we need to have peace here, and we need to move on together and make this right. So he rallies support, and he has basically Vlad has to go back into exile Excuse me. He has to go back into exile, and this time when he's on the run, the Hungarians capture capture him and hold him as collateral. Now, again, he's just biding his time until he can get back on that throne. This is all he gives a damn about is getting on the throne and getting even with these people. So an interesting story does come out around this time that while he's in his prison cell in the Hungarian kingdom— He horrifies the guards by impaling mice and birds that he finds and he's able to catch and displays them for the guards to see. And he takes delight in that. This guy is a sadist, to say the least. Now, years later, Radu dies, which leaves the throne open. And local boyars, for God knows why, decide, hey, we want Vlad back on the throne. (laughs) So, for the third time, he claims the throne, but this is very short-lived as there's a yet another battle going on with the Ottomans, and Vlad goes into battle and is killed, effectively ending his reign of terror. Wow. Now, his name does go down in history, and that is his final glory. It is estimated that Vlad Dracula was responsible for killing 80,000 people, some estimates as high as 100,000 people, and of that number, approximately 23,000 had been impaled. Wow. Now, centuries later, in 1897, Bram Stoker would publish his book, Dracula, which is the Dracula that we all know and love today. Mm-hmm. The immortal being with superhuman strength and speed who survives by drinking the blood of his victims. You know, he sparkles in the sunlight and all that fun stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Turns into a bat. Yes, all the, the myth and lore that goes mm-hmm. along with Dracula. It is largely believed that Bram Stoker's inspiration for Dracula was, in fact, Vlad III. But, again, it's just loosely based, and mm-hmm. there are many differences between the two. As mentioned before, Vlad III was born in Transylvania, but he did not live there. Mm-hmm. Bram Stoker's Dracula did right. everything in Transylvania. Sounding it location. is well, Wallachia. And also, Bram Stoker's Dracula was immortal. And Vlad III definitely did die. Mm-hmm. He did. 
This just goes to show you that people are often far more terrifying and awful than any monster or undead creature our imagination could ever come up with. Mm. And that is the story of Vlad the Impaler, a.k.a. Vlad the Third, a.k.a. Vlad Draculia, a.k.a. the OG Dracula. Wow. Son of Vladdy. What do you think? Sounds like the Dracula character that we've come to, to know is much more civilized, even though he's known for so many bad things, much more civilized than... Wow. You're right. That's... I never thought of it like that. Dracula is civilized. <laughs> well, I mean, many of the things have him, you know, juxtaposed of his acting like a gentleman and acting charming, like charming royalty, that sort of a thing, to come in and, and all this stuff. And later I'm going to suck your blood and hypnotize you and make you my servant or whatever, mm-hmm. whichever movie you're watching. But, but yeah. Vlad the Third was just he Sadist. was just angry his whole life. And once he got some power, he, he said, went apeshit. Yep. People really are much more terrifying than monsters in movies or in books because the things that humans do to one another and can dream up and imagine and then execute never ceases to astound me. That's I won't why the say historical wow, documentaries, just, if they're accurate, sometimes are just as riveting or more than than fictional stories. God. I mean, it's it's scary because it's true, because mm-hmm. it happened. And this is documented stuff. And I you know, people are just cruel. Uh there's we we recently did the alien thing and I, I saw an alien meme that said Aliens probably fly by Earth and lock their doors, <laughs> and I'm like, or lock their their spacecraft thing. And I'm like, you know what? They probably do. They're like, screw this. Y'all are some crazy ass people. Mm-hmm. And but it's then true. again, this is the the aliens that are purported to have do all kinds of experiments and turn cows inside out and all those things. So that's true. You don't know. It's a couple really interesting things to me about how the legend of Vlad the Impaler made it to Dracula. I understand that Dracula's story is completely fictional, but but based on Vlad the Impaler to some extent, more than likely, is that it wasn't so much all the impaling that he did and the the violent rises to power, but the fact that the he didn't that one thing that he was consuming the blood of the people that he had killed. Mm, that like, one that's thing. the thing that, that I'm going to take. And, uh, oh, look at that. That's him right there. Doesn't uh-huh. he look like Captain Hook? He looks like somebody else that I can't quite picture, like maybe a folk singer or or a 19... 19- Are you thinking of Weird Al? No. Because the I, hair. I wouldn't classify <laughs> Weird Al as a folk singer. No. Well, but parody singer. But I, I can't. His hair reminds me of Weird Al when he had long hair. Can't put my name on it, but maybe. You mean your finger on it? <laughs> what did I say? Your name on it? Can't put my name on it. I mark this as a Daniel. <laughs> if you're like this, you put your name on it. <laughs> that's like yeah, in elementary that's, school. If you don't label all your stuff, did you put him. your name on it? Mm-hmm. But it, um, doesn't his doesn't his beard look like a stogie? 
Oh, he has a beard? I thought that was just shadow. Or a mustache, oh, I'm sorry. Mustache, no, yeah. remember his dad Looks had like that too. Looks like a big turd under his nose. <laughs> Looks like a big turd. Yeah, big long Something poopy. Something stink. Maybe it's your upper lip. Well, um, probably caught a bunch of stuff in there. Was it in the Pixels movie when the general's like, you heard Hall and Oates? Um, I don't know if it's Hall or Oates. but Hall and Oates. Yes, Hall, the name but there's two Oates. different people. Yes. I don't know which one, if it's Hall or Oates, that he looks like, but he reminds Uh, me of that. But yeah, just that one thing, and somehow the bat relationship came into it, like he turns into a bat, and that's why the fangs, and because the bat sinks its fangs, and the people, the vampire bats, and... Yeah, I mean, when we say this is, he took inspiration from Vlad the Third, he's, he kind of heard these stories and these legends, Mm -hmm. but... A lot of it too is made up, but it, I mean, it just goes to show you that how fucked up humanity is and humans yeah. are. I mean, that's why we have these kinds of podcasts because there is no shortage of these horrible stories and that we can tell. Truth, people say truth is stranger than fiction, and sometimes truth is just a hell of a lot worse than fiction could ever be. If somebody would dream up something like this, they'd be like, no, that's too far fetched. No, that's. It's unbelievable. Nobody would believe that would happen. But I there agree. it is. So I think that is a perfect place to end it. That is that story of Vlad the Impaler and how that sparked the whole thing with Dracula. And we want to hear your thoughts on it. There is just so much to this story, so many different facets and angles. And I think it's probably something you and I will keep discussing after we Turn the recorder off. Oh, definitely. There's so much. There's so much to it, but I got to show you more of the details of these drawings and stuff because the more you look at it, the more horrified you are. So I want to give you those nice nightmares, honey. Yeah, y'all check out the the pictures that Brittany posts up after we're done, and I will post those to the Instagram page at Chilled and Thrilled Podcast, also on the Facebook page and in the Facebook group. Be sure to join that and join in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any story ideas or content that you would like to hear, please let us know. We really want to bring you the stories that you want, and we'd love to give you a shout out as well. Another thing you can do to help show support for the show is to go onto iTunes and leave us some stars, leave us a review. It really helps us, especially being in the early stages of the podcast like we are now. It helps Mm -hmm. us gain exposure and get out there to more people. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please share it with others who would enjoy it as well. And just take a minute to go and leave those reviews. You can also leave them on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to. And we just really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. If there's any anybody that you just think would be remotely into this, let them know about us. We would absolutely appreciate that. And spread the word. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Bye.